Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, barbecuers of all ages, Cowboy Cav here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you a caterer, a competitor, a barbecue enthusiast? Myron Mixon has the smoker for you. Check out all their styles at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And don't forget to tell them Mikey K sent you. Do you enjoy this podcast, our blogs? Well, join our growing community of friends over on Patreon and help support your favorite barbecue podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page for lots of videos on different styles of barbecue, different recipes, and the entrepreneurship of barbecue. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? We are hanging out with the Barbecue Mafia today. That's right. You heard it here. We're hanging out with the mob. Um, so uh, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, guys, hanging out with us. Obviously, if, you, if you've never checked them out, guys, it's Barbecue Mafia, all one word, on Instagram. Um, and um, you can go see all their stuff. They got, they got a beautiful array of rubs and sauces that you can go check out. You can order. I believe they ship worldwide. Um, and they'll correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, man, what, what made you guys start the Barbecue Mafia? Oh man, like we, um, firstly, thanks for having us on, and it's really, really awesome. We're massive followers of your podcast, so uh, pretty excited to be part of it, man, to be honest. But um, look, it was, it was man versus food, Mikey, um, to be honest, that got us down here, um, you know, watching sort of our first little taste of American sort of style barbecue, which is, it got us really excited, and uh, then I think we just we just fanboyed each other on Instagram. A few of us boys here back in Brisbane, and found out there weren't many other guys that were into what we were into, and um, kind of the rest is history, man. Okay, so how did you guys come up with the name? What made you guys well, decide man, to go with go with Barbecue Mafia? It's yeah, such a cool yeah, name. Yes. The logo's really cool. <laughs> I love all of it. I just think it's really cool. So we started off. Uh, we started off as we called ourselves the Brisbane Barbecue Mafia, and um, you know that was that was great, and we were pretty pretty happy with that. And then when things started to grow and the Instagram started to grow, and obviously we got it, people started to know us outside of Brisbane. We went, are we sort of tying ourselves to one city here, and uh, or, or should we try to um, sort of I don't know pull. Uh, brand and and make it more punchy and that's when we sort of sat down one night chris and i to chris chris and self drew with the founders of the mafia and we sort of sat down one night over a beer i do and um and we sort of stripped it all back man and then and said, let's let's rebrand from here and and here we are so and the mafia was born huh and the mafia was born, yeah, exactly. Right there. Um, yeah, I mean, the ma- the mafia for us is just um, four sort of boys that come from different backgrounds and kind of all got together with a love of of the same thing. And, um, you know, we can't think we're pretty cool, so that was a cool name for us. So. I know. I think it, I love the name. Like I said, I, I love the name. I love the concept. I really enjoy. I, I just enjoy it. I, I think it's a very very cool thing that you guys are doing. Um, so there's definitely it's not, you know, nothing. I, I wouldn't change the name. And the logo is just it's spot on. It's clean. It's very very cool. Um, 
I think I think people fell in love with it, and and I think it, I think that's just one of the cool parts about it. Um, now, what do you guys? What did you guys start cooking on, and what are you guys cooking on now? Is it the same, or have you guys kind of upgraded rigs? Oh, look, man, we've uh, we're pretty much come full circle. So we all started on Weber kettles, as as we all do. We pinched Dad's Weber kettle and had a bit of a had a bit of a play around on that, and we kind of went through the Pro Q Weber Smoky Mountain phase um, up to um, reverse offset um, smokers, due to a, a an amazing guy here in Brisbane called Radar Hill Smokers that started to build what are nearly the best pits in the world, man. This guy was unbelievable. So we got on his train fairly early. Um, and now we have a 36 inch, um, reverse flow on a, on a huge, um, double axle trailer. We've got a 24 inch radar hill. Um, man, we've got a lot of smokers in the arsenal and we all just come back home and smoke on Weber kettles. So <laughs> we've come the full circle entirely, Mikey. That's, you know, that that's fantastic. That's kind of how it is. You know what I mean? You get all yeah. these fancy toys and then you go back to the toy that you all, that started it all. Right. And you're it's like, the easy one. <laughs> hey, I really like this toy. Correct. You know, it's like, what do you mean you really like this toy? What about all the other ones? No, I like the other ones, but this is the old faithful. Like I have, I have an old chef's knife that I, it was like one of the first chef's knives I actually bought. It's not a good chef's knife whatsoever. Like, not a very nice chef's knife. Very, very mm. basic. Not great steel. Doesn't keep an edge too, too well. But sharpens pretty easily. Um, for the most part, it's an okay chef's knife. Wasn't super expensive, right? I've gotten some really nice chef's knives since then. I still love that damn thing. I, I still yeah, it's go all back faithful, to it. man. <laughs> I still go back to it. Yep. I don't know what it is. I don't really, and people are like, why you have all these nice chef's knives? Why do you keep picking that one up? I'm like, it's a, it's a comfort thing. I think I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. It's definitely a comfort kind of, I know this, I've been there. I've seen this. It's been in my hand. Let's keep going. Correct. I mean, with us as well, Mikey, with the, with, with smoking on the reverse flow, we, we try to stay very true to what you guys created over there. And so here in, in Brisbane, you can go to a, a, a pub or a, a hotel or a bar and get ribs. Um, you can get lots of what people call low and slow barbecue here in Australia, but there are really very few guys who do it authentically. So we just sort of said we just never want to sell out to the to the true art of, um, you know, um, tending a fire and fire management. And, um, I think people associate us with that as well, which is, which is nice. Yeah, no, that, that's super. I mean, that's super, super important. Now you guys did make a trip to the American Royal last year. Um, we absolutely did. <laughs> what was that like? What was it like coming over here and cooking barbecue? Cause you guys didn't bring your pits over, right? No, no, Weber, Weber Smoky Mountains. So Weber Australia sorted out some Smoky Mountains for us, and um, oh man, it was it was like um, it was like little boys going um, going on a big holiday for the first time because it was going to meet all the people that we have so much respect for. So to be honest, man, getting to the Royal in Kansas City and cooking with those guys that was the win for us. We were happy just to be there and. Um, to meet our peers and 
um, just learn some tricks and tips and stuff like that. So that was that was really really cool experience to do. And we took our butcher um, Billy from Meat at Billy's here in Brisbane with us. Okay. Um, and then he's been with us since day one. So as soon as we started to do competition barbecue, we reached out and we found him, and that was his journey on into low and slow as well. So, um, yeah, to culminate he, with the royal, he's, give, he's given you those cuts. He's given up. He's he's learning because I'm sure he Correct. was probably not used to giving those cuts. He had no clue what it was when he first sort of jumped in with us. So I bet he probably regrets it now. Um, <laughs> Haven't dropped about twenty or thirty thousand dollars on meat for us, but um, no, he came and 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 he trimmed our brisket at the at both the royal competition. So, you know, what an amazing thing to have him be included uh, in that with us. Okay, I mean that's awesome because yeah, that's one of those was. things where it's like you gave you gave it back to gave it back to you know all those people that that helped you out. And Correct. When you guys first started, how many how many years ago did you guys start start? start uh, so, yeah, so we were we were around 2013. So we were one of the real early adopters here in Australia, uh, especially in Brisbane. There were a few guys that um, we were around the same time as um, Grant from the Smoking Joint, and okay. you know those sort of guys. Um, uh, those, those, so those crazy dudes. Mate, he's a he's a crazy dude, and you th- some people might think he puts that persona on, but he absolutely does not. That is just him. <laughs> Grant, but, Grant um, or as, as I believe they call him, Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. Well, I think he he, um, he made created self, that name Self-appointed yeah. Hollywood. Grant, <laughs> we're calling you out. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. If, I don't know if Grant still if if he still listens to the show. If you ever really listen to the show, but I, I love that dude. He's a fantastic human. Um, it was great having him on the show. Being able to talk with him was great. He he's a really really cool dude, and I I just think he's super funny. A lot of energy, and uh, I I just I, I love his energy because that's the yeah, most important thing. Like correct, you can have anybody be crazy, but he just has this energy that really brings you in, and and he really does. Um, he makes you feel good and good and at home, and he's just a good dude. Yeah, correct. There's a there's a lot of good guys like that down here in Australia, and um, mate, hope more and more of them are getting to the royal now. So you know, we there's a few of us that have paved the way for you know some of the newer teams and younger teams to get over there. Um, because let's not lie, it's cost us about probably forty k Australian to get o- to to get Ooh. over there and do it. So there's a lot of dollars there, man, and a lot of uh, you know we could have all taken that money and gone on separate holidays ourselves with our families, but we wanted to do this um, uh, because it's a bucket list thing to do, and yeah. um, you know to 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 get two call ups in both of the open and the invitational was blew our minds completely and still does to this day. <laughs> now, when you guys came over, what what did you think was going to be the um like quintessence, like what was your hardest? What do you feel was one of the hardest things for you guys to really uh, grasp right away? Uh, and I don't say grasp as in like knowing how to cook. I'm saying like being like, okay, cool. We're in a whole different place. It's not like you know we're not in Kansas anymore. No pun intended on that. But <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit different. 
Yeah, the flavour profiles were probably even the the Midwest flavour profile as opposed to different profiles in the States was probably the first thing that we had to get our head around. So we swapped our style, which is slightly more savoury here in, in, in Oz, to to learn the Kansas City style, which is a lot sweeter, um, almost a molasses sort of thing going on there. Um, so we had to change up our style of cooking um, and finishing off our barbecue um, immensely, and that included adding sweetness to brisket, which is like something that breaks our heart to have to do. But <laughs> you've got, you, you have to cater, man, to the, to what the judges want, and um, uh, and that was a big one for us. So that, and we preempted that, and we did that six months out from the royal. So we practiced and we changed our flavor profiles. We worked with a sauce guy here in Australia called Heavenly Hell Hot Sauce. Uh, in, he's based out of the Gold Coast in Queensland, and he created us a, a Kansas City style glaze that took all the heat back and stripped it back to just a fruity sweet flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and hats off, man! That I think that that practice that we did um, and preempting what we needed to do really helped us along the journey. But trying not to probably get overawed with who you were cooking against as well was a hard one because you got Mo and Myron and, you know, those guys there, man, are, are legends over here. Uh, so trying to not get overawed and, and lose your cool um, when you're having your cook uh, was another big thing as well. So we just tried to stay as drunk as we could, um, <laughs> really. <laughs> we just tried to, tried to stand as drunk. It was fine. It was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kept us from thinking too much about what was actually going on at the time. So, Hey, sometimes that helps. Um, yeah, definitely. Let, let, it, let it cruise on autopilot and let her go. Now, Correct. You didn't bring meat, obviously, from Australia. What was it we, like? We bought – we bought brisket from australia you did yeah we um so so we work with a wagyu producer here in northern new south wales which is about two hours from us and they are export to the asian market so huge um huge exporters to the asian market but we were able to start a relationship a couple of years ago with these with these guys where before the royal we went down and chose briskets from the abattoir we were there and chose them off the belt um okay so that was going to be so, my next question that like coming over, coming over across seas, guys, that's one of like the hardest things is you're not, you're no longer, you're not going to your regular meat purveyors because no. they don't, they're not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, um, so these guys are called security foods and they're based here in Australia. They do a product called Australian black. So, um, nine plus marble score Wagyu. So absolutely out of control, but, um, the, the funny story is that we went down there and we picked off the belt. So we were allowed to pick our briskets off the belt. Then we could age them and then we could take them to the States. Um, and we picked the majority of what we, we wanted to take. So we, I think we took eight over in the end, eight briskets okay. uh, for, the two co- for the two competitions. Um, and just as we were about to leave, um, Billy, our butcher, saw the unicorn brisket from across the, on another belt. And he, he pretty much hurdled three belts to get to this brisket. And, um, it was, it was heading to Asia, this brisket. And we, um, we, we asked them nicely if we could have that. And that was, um, that was the brisket that got a seventh place at almost 500 teams in the open. Um, so we, it was a story right through, which was amazing for us. That is, that is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. Being like, nope, I saw it. I got to get that one. 
and then it was a it was a unicorn, Mikey. Seriously, like the flat on this thing was like no flat we'd ever seen before. There was nothing else in the whole abattoir that looked like this. It almost had like a spotlight of light down on it, um, and and that was the one that we just protected it with our life from then on. And and that was the one we cooked with, and it and it and it cooked as well as it as good as it looked. It just it just was the spot on brisket. It was the one. <laughs> Every, everything else just fell into place. Now, did you it guys bring just, all your meat, or did you just bring your brisket? No, so they don't let you take um, anything that's got a bone in it. You can't take from Australia over to you guys. So is that we couldn't is that take true? Yeah, we couldn't take pork ribs. We couldn't take shoulder. We couldn't take chicken. So now, why we is that? Do you that. know? I'm not sure. It's just um, we've got some funny laws over here. I mean, even domestically inside Australia, you can't take honey from one state to a, to another state. So um, we are quite – because we're an island, we're quite funny with stuff like that. Um, okay. But so mate, it has a bone in it, you can't, you can't take it out. And that's an Australia yeah. law, not a not a U.S. importing law. I believe I believe so because the U.S. sends stuff, send pork ribs and bone in and stuff to New Zealand. So um, we we just can't do it back and forth from here. So we entrusted our um, our meat in um, in Smithfield when we went over there for for the majority of the rest of the stuff. Um, okay. But mate, the fat levels are so much different. Um, I, I might be wrong here, but I believe our our animals are slaughtered a bit earlier here than they are in the states. So um, there was a fat level even just inside the chicken skin was was different. The pork was had a lot more fat than we have here. And um, but mate, it was um, yeah, it was like a, an amusement park us cooking with your meat over there. It's out of control. Now, how did that pork cook? Did did you feel like it cooked differently? Yeah, we probably weren't all over it as much as we would be here with our own pork. So um, it, it did get away from us a little bit, in, probably in both comps where we slightly over – our shoulders were slightly over from what we would have um, liked them to be. But in saying that, it was it was 100 um, Fahrenheit to, you know, te- um, outside temperature in Kansas and we were cooking on like um, bitumen roadway in the middle of the speedway there and yeah. um, the, the smokers got hot and they were running at 300, mate, when we wanted them at 275 or lower. Um, the whole thing kind of – it was just hard to keep on top of um, as well. So, um, But we did a good job. I mean, we um, we everything was fairly consistent. It was just the two brisket calls were like miles ahead of everything else and then we were just around the centre of the field for the rest of everything else. So it was, it was good. It all looked great, but – geez, you've got to be cooking out of your skin to be getting sort of winning pork rib categories at the Royal. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, I mean, yeah, it's the Royal. You know what Correct. I mean? You're going to be, yep. you got to cook. Yep. And if you're not cooking something that's good, it ain't coming out, right? Exactly right. You end up, uh, you end up 300 out of 500 and that's great as well. Like you hang your hat on that and be quite happy, but um, you know, we, we always wanted to take our own beef over there to showcase Aussie beef. We used our own rub on that beef as well. And we just said, let's live and die by the sword, um, with our own product. We used our own source over there. And we said, if that means we come in the last 20, 25% of the field, that's great. But at least we say we've done it ourselves. And hey, um, when true, are we went out, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Now wood. what'd you guys smoke over? 
Uh, so we just used so we used Aussie um, Aussie briquettes, so Weber um, briquettes from here in Australia, and then we just okay. um, we just added some little uh, little oak oak and um, pecan um, pucks in along the journey. So okay. Um, but we, I mean, everything cooked so fast. It was like cooking on a on a gateway uh, or something over there. It was, uh, you know, the briskets were done in five and a bit hours, and everything was just so amplified because of how warm it was. Yep. Um, so it was, uh, it was crazy. Everything got wrapped really early, and then we we're like, oh my god, we're two hours ahead of turn in, and we're rest, you know, over, probably overly resting a lot of stuff. But hey, you learn a lot of lessons, and if you don't learn lessons every single time you cook, whether it's catering or competition, then I don't know. I think you set yourself up for some pretty um, ugly days if you just think you know everything. <laughs> of course, of course, no, yeah. I I just I I always find it interesting for people that go to a whole different region and cook because there's so many different things that play into into that cook and there's so many different um what's the word I'm looking just the the environment and the the, the variables yeah. are just yep. insanity. Yep. Exactly. And, and that's things exactly. that people don't think about. And you're also um I mean, we we had media guys there going, "Oh, you guys are from Australia. Let's interview you." And they're of trying course. to do that while you're in the middle of. And you're like, trying "Get the fuck away briskets. from me!" For yeah, a second. but you don't want you. You know that you can't that say that. But that's, that's what you want to say, though. You got to yeah, be like, so "Leave I'm, me the fuck alone for 15 minutes. <laughs> Come back in 15 fucking minutes." But you're like, "Okay, cool. So yeah. what do you need from me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're, we're pretty lucky. We're pretty lucky in the mafia that we spread the load a little bit in terms of who does what. So I'm the guy that does a lot of the marketing. I do all our Instagram. I do all the social media. I talk to people like yourselves and do all that sort of stuff. And then one of the other boys is, you know, he says, look, I'll trim. That's my job. I'll inject. I'll do this. I'll do that. So we all try to have a little bit um, of a specialty that we do within the group. And then we all cook. We can all cook like demons, but it's just you've, we've been able over the years to fall into line. So there's no egos getting on top of each other or, you know, um, it means we all get along and there's no arguments. And, you know, we just have Ryan in our team is kind of like the, the team captain and what he says goes. So if we put three sets of ribs out on the, on the table and say, which one are we going to box? The, the, at the end of the day, it comes down to what he says and we can all have input, but he's the guy who makes the decision. I think if you've got two or three guys all trying to make a decision on what the box, it's just you're going to end up all over the place all the time. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. 110%. You're yeah. going to end up all over the fucking place. Yeah, and you end up with a quality that just differs all the time, especially with competition, with catering. You just bang it out, and you know you know better than most, mate. You you know what's good and what's not, and um, yeah. and generally it's good because you get better at it. But competition is like the beauty pageant of barbecue. You, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I got a business partner in my catering, and I I I'm the I'm the sole cook of our of our catering. And, uh, you know, I'll say something, I'll be like, so what do you think? He's like, are you happy with it? I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm happy with it. He's like, then he's like, that's all that matters. That's he's good like, enough. Because yeah. he's like, you know, he's like, if you're not happy, then we got to go back to the drawing table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we got one guy, we got one guy who looks after the finances and, you know, the finances are quite big these days. We do a lot. And, uh, he's the guy that he's the guy that keeps the money in the bank. And then there's the rest of us that try to spend it all. Oh no. Yeah. That, that's kind of how we are. <laughs> Dude. It's so funny. Like. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, can I buy this? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and people are like, you ask if you can buy this? I'm like, yeah, I don't make those decisions. 
Mate, I put together a whole story. I present, I present the whole story to him and uh, try to tell him why we need this and how it's going to benefit him. And I still get told no. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's a, it's like I get the. Can I do this? Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then you got to go back and figure it out, play with some other stuff, and do whatever. And then go, hey, can I do this? Nope. Cool. Yeah. It's a good person to have. You need that person in there in the background that that acts like a parent and tells you that that's not the right time to do things. And, oh, t- oh, absolutely. Uh, what have and like when because we first- it is it is easy to get very carried away. Our business grew once we started to do our own rubs and sauce and stuff. Our business like just grew so quickly that it's easy to get caught up and go. Let's go and do this and let's go and travel around the world and um, blah blah blah. But we just tried to take baby. We we try to take baby steps with the business. He's like, in. Nope. He's like, the card's gonna deny decline if you do that <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's all get let's all get company cars fully branded and yeah. he's like, Nope. Nope, nope. No, no sir. No, no, no. That doesn't sound that does not sound official. That doesn't yeah, sound like a exactly. good idea. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, no. Okay. And uh, and w- one of the things that like people don't understand is when you start making it into a business, you start moving into that realm. Yes, there's going to be stuff that you're going to always want to do, but you need that person that's going to tell you no. And that doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong that you want to do it or that you're, you're pushing to do it. I mean, I, I told my business partner, I'm, I'm always going to push for it. Exactly. Gonna, that's, your, gonna, that's your job. <laughs> yeah, that, my job is to tell you I want this. Yeah. Your job and is sometimes to, they say yes, which yeah. is fantastic. Like that exactly. really, it's, it makes your day when they say yes, and uh, it's easy to get excited. Most of the time, your job is to tell me no. <laughs> yeah, we're the we're the color and movement guys, Mikey. We want to, we want we you know we want to show off and and all of that. But yeah, at the end of the day, you've got to be sensible, and um, you know our business is a big business now, uh, and we are. We all still work full-time jobs, but it's starting to get to the point where that may have to change at some point. Um, yeah. Just to be able to give it more focus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've uh, we, uh, an amazing thing happened last weekend. We entered our, our mobster uh, barbecue sauce into the World Hot Sauce Championships over Woo. over with you guys in, in Louisiana. Okay. Um, and we just said, let's do that for a shits and giggles kind of like it's not going to do any good or whatever. And hey, we won the best steak sauce in the world. So um, we were just blown away, mate, uh, for, f- from a result like that. Um, it just keeps coming up um, coming up roses for us lately. So we've we just got to ride the wave while, it, while it's still sort of breaking. So, I mean, you know what? Keep going with it. Keep pushing it. That's all you can really do. Now, you guys obviously – I want to talk a little bit about the rub line and the sauce line. How did that come about? When did you guys decide, you know what, we want to make this into a line? When did you kind of know, like, listen, we have something that people are going to want. How do we make this? Yeah, yeah. Look, so, so Australia is very um, – we're like your little brother over here. So we're like uh, everything that you guys do, two or three years later, we want it and we get it over here. And, um, mate, uh, to, to be honest, in 2013, we were buying – spending $300 to get stuff imported from you guys and it would consist of three rubs and a bottle of sauce for the most part. So and this yeah, is how expensive. Fucking ridiculous. It was, and it was super expensive, but to be able to say, hey, I, I want a product that you guys are using over there, we watch what you guys did, um, it, it was insane. And But over here, then from then on, there were guys who started to import brands. So, you know, there's a lot of big brands. I won't go through them all, but all the big boys, 
But give us one second, guys. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. So you were saying importing guys are importing stuff. Uh, you don't know. We you guys got tons of the big brands. You don't have to give me too many of the. Uh, yeah. So all the, yeah. So. Yeah, so there were no local guys really doing it, Mikey. So just um, we kind of waited to the point where people would say, "Oh yeah, I know who the mafia guys are. We know who they are." Obviously, you don't stand out when no one like a brand of rubs but knows who you are. Um, we also waited until we had some runs on the book in terms of, "Hey, we can cork. We've won this. We've won that." Um, so it was a bit of a you've got to earn your stripes before you just go and bring out a a line of rubs so hey we just went and we found a manufacturer here in brisbane luckily who wanted to work with us as well and they'd never done retail before and we'd never done anything like this before so without without them uh we wouldn't have been able to achieve any of it and now we're to the point where we're doing batches of six thousand rubs at a time you know it's grown so quickly and um not to say we didn't have dramas along the way we had caking issues and we had yep. um you know prop problems with the with the packaging that we use but instead of just saying oh, i give up let's not do it anymore and let's just try and import another brand we we just stuck with it and we we made sure that when anyone had a problem we looked after that person if a stockist had an issue we replaced refunded we we just made sure that we made people's pain go away along the journey which now that we've got the shakers that's all gone and it's all behind us and um the product's just going gangbusters like we're we're talking about probably 12 or 1300 sets in the last two weeks just here domestically in australia of the rubs i mean that's so awesome now that's, we're a small market <laughs> no and uh, yeah that i think it's amazing honestly um I just think uh, – I, I, I honestly just think it, it, it's insane. The Like what Australia has been doing is, is insanity to me. Um, you guys have really come up so fast in the barbecue game. And I don't know if you guys really realize this as much, but there's a lot of people from here that are watching Australia to see what you guys are doing. And people are trying to mimic that too. Yeah, so, so I, I mean, don't, I don't think you guys can say that you guys, you know, your your barbecue game's not strong anymore. You're definitely, you guys are definitely a heavy hitter. Yeah, there's some, um, <laughs> there's some really talented, there's some really talented guys here, man. And I mean, the friendships you make as well along the journey. I mean, I was lucky enough last week to uh, catch up here in Australia with Diva Q, Danielle Bennett, um, yeah, and. She, Danielle was, you know, um, gracious enough in the early days to help us um, and pass on little tips and bits and pieces and confidentially, of course. She's but fantastic she was, about that. She's a fantastic human. The funny thing is she actually messaged me. She messages me and she's like, I'm in, she was on vacation. Yeah. She was in like, I, I think she was in, uh, in Barbados or somewhere, somewhere, somewhere island. I don't remember exactly in the, um, and she's like, I'm sitting next to somebody, you know. <laughs> and i'm like what she's like yeah and takes a picture with with one of an uh, with one of my acquaintances and i'm like holy shit it is a small small world <laughs> the barbecue world is very small man but you know like i got to catch up with her last week and as friends and you know to you know she was one of the ladies that we watched on tv over here on 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 network tv her show her barbecue yep. crawl show and um, barbecue pit masters and you kind of have a little bit of a fangirl moment when you're in the presence of these sort of people but then you just realize they're just people the same as us so um and she never makes it feel like it's any different to that and um there's plenty of guys that 
that we now know and we have associations with back in the US that we can jump on a plane and go over and compete or go over and spend a couple of weeks and they'll say, come and stay at my house. So you this guys is are where, always invited here. Yeah, this is where life – and it's vice versa as well, Mikey. Like if people want to come here where our houses are open as well for them and we'll take them around and show them our beautiful country as well. But, um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy that people that you meet along the journey and we're sort of the old, old boys now. There's a lot of young teams and young caterers and barbecue restaurants that come through now and they're kind of like we've been around forever so we're trying to keep ourselves relevant. Hey, you, I think you guys are doing a good job. You guys are known as the mob. And and <laughs> honestly, I I love your guys' stuff. It, it, it's awesome. Um I love I love the branding. It's it I'm I'm t- I'm a very big branding person. Um We are as well, yeah. In this for in sure. the sense that I I kind of like break down all brandings and I look at them I'm like, "Okay, what do I like about this? What don't I like about it?" Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And it it's just it it I I love it. You know what I mean? And, and our following is really big over – we've got quite a good following over there as well. Like when I look at our, our uh, insights on Instagram, the social media, it's like 60% of the people who comment and like our stuff are based in the States. And that's um, crazy. And we've sold heaps of merch and hats and stuff over there. So yep. our next step, um, our next step is to release our rubs and sauce in the US, which is um, I'm pretty much done after that. That's a mic drop for us. I don't care if we only sell two <laughs> units. We're um, <laughs> that's the that's the thing for us, and that's really close, Mikey. We're not far away from that happening, um, and uh, that will be just an amazing time for us. Do you guys, and, do you guys have people? that you're already talking with do you need a little help we are okay yeah we are and 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 help as well would be great uh we've got stockists over there that are just messaging us every day saying guys we we want your stuff on our shelves but how do we get it so um you know we ship to the u.s at the moment but the shipping cost alone is um is more than the product cost to get from us to you yeah 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 no um well let's uh let's talk off air on that one and uh yeah i'll see what i can uh what we can uh arrange yeah for sure <laughs> absolutely i appreciate that you know brothers I, in arms absolutely dad uh, barbecue you know what I, yeah. I don't know that i've ever met a person in barbecue that um hasn't opened up to me or opened or i haven't opened up to them immediately or given them everything you possibly can immediately i think it's just a i think it's a barbecue person thing like yeah, I agree. I mean, some of my best friends are in the barbecue world, and it's like, man, I'll talk to them. I'm like, hey, I need this, and they're like, two in the morning. Yeah, it's doable. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's it, it's a very it's crazy. It, it's it's very much um it's very much. I think it's the cooking industry. It's it's industry people in general. Um, you know, I'll talk to chefs, and I I, I could be out at a bar at eleven o'clock, and I'm like, shit, I really need this for tomorrow, and they're like, well, it's eleven o'clock. Let's figure out how to get it. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. And it's like, no, no, you don't understand. The stores aren't open. Yeah, but we got friends. Let's go. Let's start calling people. <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so now, and, and I do, I understand the shipping. Shipping's just, I learned a hard lesson on shipping. When, um, when we first put up our merch, I, um, I just did a flat fee ship, right? And I wasn't yeah, paying attention, and I made it worldwide. Um, that's going to hurt. 
So a couple of my shirts that I shipped to Australia cost more than the actual shirts cost in shipping Yeah, costs. and that's a little... Yeah, that's a little bit like what we've done as well, to be honest. We've had the same pain. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, br- it's, it, hard. it's good It's good branding, but <laughs> but, it, but it does uh, – it can get crazy out of control. When you get – but when you're like, how much is a shirt worth? It's $30. Cool, it's $32 to ship there. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I still pay $65 for a, for a um, US Pitmaster shirt. I would – but – you know, we're a minority, us guys who will do that. So it, it, it's, it's very difficult to get it out there. And it, it, it hurts because people message me and they're like, dude, lower your shipping costs. And I'm like, I can't mm. because mm. they're like, but what about like Amazon? You don't, we're not on the same page as Amazon. Yeah. I'm not you don't shipping. do it for your good looks. You've got to make money off it as well. But it's like, man, I'm not shipping. Amazon ships more in a day than I'm shipping in three years. So Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're gonna get a little different price breaks than I am. Yeah, Let's be and it's a volume game with merchandise as well, because you end up. Uh, the problem is with shirts and stuff. You go and, you know, again we come back to being allowed and not allowed to spend the business's money. But you go out and buy a whole heap of shirts, and you end up with four XLs and smalls left that yeah. you can't sell. Everyone yeah. wants the mediums, larges, and XLs, and you just yeah. get stuck with ones that have cost you maybe $15, $20, and you have to give them away pretty much. So um, merch is hard. It, it's very true. It, it, it's They have, like, and sizing's difficult. How many do you buy of each size? What do yep. you do? Because you can't not get certain sizes because then you mm, know that if, exactly. you get, if you don't get certain sizes, you're going to have those people there. They're going to be like, I want that size. And you're like, I didn't buy that size. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I must I must say our last run of merch we did, um, we sold a hell of a lot of 4XLs. So you're starting to get a sort of a body shape image from the Australian barbecue scene here. It's a barbecue medium. <laughs> That's our target market, the 4XL boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a barbecue medium. My whole wardrobe consists of barbecue shirts. So when my wife and I go out to dinner, I put on my good barbecue shirt. I put, I put on I've my nice a, barbecue shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she just rolls her eyes at me, but I'm like, I've got jeans on with it. So I, I classed it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I classed it up. I, and that's, I think that's the funny thing is, um, you know, I, I was just hanging out with some Texas boys and his wife was making fun of him. She's like, you're going to wear your Texas tuxedo? And apparently that is um, jeans with a jeans shirt on top. And he's like, oh, whatever. Double denim. Yeah, the double <laughs> denim, bro. But it was it's awesome. You know what I mean? It's, it's just it, – we're, we're just dudes that like to cook and – Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And we, and we, and we, love, to, we love to rep our friends' merch as well. So if – you know, we've got a really good mate in uh, in in Texas called Smoking Biscuits, um, and and we've been mates since day one. And he sends us merch, we send him merch, and we all wrap each other's gear around. And yeah, um, you know that I, I think it's I feel proud to be able to represent my mates as well, my friends, and um, I think that's what it's all about. It's about you know not being hung up on what you do yourself, but making sure that your 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 friends' businesses grow as well, and their and yeah. their brands as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's bringing it all together and 
and bringing everyone to the top. And, you know, I got a lot, I got a couple friends that have just started catering companies here too with us. And I'm always sending them stuff. They're sending me stuff. And it's like, they're like, oh, I'm like, hey, dude, you got to contact this person. They're going to hook you up with this, this, and this. And like, uh, oh, a good, like a good buddy of mine was just like, hey, dude, I need some, I need some good embroidery. And I'm like, let me hook you up with my person. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, got, exactly what I it's all this. about. And he's like, and my person's a little bit further from him. He's like, man, he's like, she's kind of far from me because we live about 25 miles away from each other and in the city, that's kind of a lot. Uh, so he's like, he's like, man, I'm like, here's what I'm going to do, dude. I'm going to be by your house next day. Let me pick up what you need for embroidering. I'll drop it off to her. And then we'll just do it later. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, like, I'll, just I'll, help I'll each just other out. The, I'll be the middleman. I'll facilitate. Yeah. And he's like, yep. okay, cool. Sounds great. Yeah, I love it. And it works. You know what I mean? It, exactly. It just works. So why not help people? <laughs> yeah, I mean we we do uh, we do a lot of cooking classes. We we don't we call them master classes, but we're not masters of our class by any means. We 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 teach people what we know and the, the way we do things. And we say as part of our cooking classes that we do, once you have done this class with Barbecue Mafia, you can contact us on any of our social media. Uh, accounts and we will help you through whatever you need and um there's guys that stand up at our classes that have been two and three times that say i can vouch for what drew says right now because i called him like you say at 10 o'clock at night and asked him why this isn't ready or what have i done or what have you and we help out and um you know that's i think for guys who are doing social media trying to grow a brand you have to interact with people and if you don't People just go, you know, these guys are, you know, up themselves, which is an Aussie term, but um, just yeah. just full of themselves and um, and all out for themselves. And we've never been about that. And um, you know, it's a, it's about trying to help people grow their journey because when we started, there wasn't a lot to look at. There was a few YouTube videos of um, Aaron Franklin and guys like that doing masterful stuff that we could have never imagined we could do at that point. But now. The library is huge. It's just like open slather on. You can look at competition boxes. You can look at you doing stuff. You can look at the guys who have done it for years and years, just share their secrets on everything they do. So that the growth spurt on, you know, home backyard barbecues is they grow so quickly. The learning curve is huge. Yeah. Well, the thing is a lot of these guys, a lot of the backyard barbecue guys, are, are they're finally learning that, you know, maybe I should take a class. Maybe I should yep. – uh, the learning curve shortens so much, and like yeah, yeah but the class I learned costs to take so good much. photos. Yeah, the class costs That's, so much. It does. Yeah, yeah. How much? And does we the and food we say cost? to people, we get a lot of people approach us on on Instagram and stuff, and go, hey, can you guys can we be an ambassador for you? And I just say to people, make your Instagram a lot more attractive. Like, take great photos. Learn to learn to take photos of your food. So learn to cook, but learn <laughs> how to best how to best showcase that once you've cooked it. Um, rather than looking like Vaseline has been put over your lens and stuff like that, you know, it's that, that made it. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but that's what it's about now. If if you want to get in with people who are who are vendors and selling rub and stuff like that, everyone wants their product showcased in the best light. So, well, of um, course, I mean, it, it, Nike doesn't put shit up there. You know what I mean? Like they just don't correct. do it. Yeah, and then yeah. that's what I, what irks me a little bit about the ambassador thing. 
um, is the people that go, I want to be an ambassador. I want to be an ambassador. They have 400 followers. Um, yep. and, and maybe they're better off than I am. Don't get me wrong. I don't care how many mm. followers we got. That's not the, that's not the point. The point is, um, just do your own thing. Yep. Don't, don't reach out to other people. Let them reach, let, let them come to you. Yeah. And, Cause I will come. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just go yep. out there and put, put together good photographs cook good food and use your own goddamn images. Um, <laughs> 100%. I'm, I'm 100% with that. And you, you know, and I know you can look at a photo and you can see if something's been perfectly cooked. If there's slices of brisket laying on a board, you can see the texture through the photo. Yeah. For the um, most part. And, and for, and for the most part, there's, you just look at a photo and go, that's really appealing to me. And then you can look at stuff and go, that looks tight. That looks under, uh, and that's kind of what I do these days. I look at stuff, and when I want to, when I want to look at stuff that you know for ambassadors and stuff like that, I I just look at what looks appealing, and I try to put myself in the place of um, Mr. Joe Public, who hasn't ever cooked a brisket before and wants to um, learn, and they're looking at those photos with an uneducated eye. So um, yeah, you just try to put yourself in someone else's place, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's a big thing is people that are looking at stuff that don't know. That have no idea what what they're really looking at, mm. Mm. you know. Which is why we get the um, looks burnt, it looks raw, um, <laughs> all oh. of that. <laughs> oh, you know how hard that is. It's I get hard the, to be quiet about it. That's for sure. The hardest thing for me is when I get people that are like uneducated about smoked chicken. <laughs> mm, yep. That's a hard one. Yeah. And, and it is a, it is a hard one. And, and even from a competition standpoint perspective, it's when you're serving up chicken at a competition, like when you do get that smoke that imparts on the flesh, you do get, you do get a pink, um, as like a hue across it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it is, you know, if you get an uneducated, judge at a competition they are going to think it's under um so competition try catering it and you get phone calls exactly you served us raw chicken especially nope. if it's on a bone and yeah it's you know not raw chicken not no, even close it's a tough yeah and catering is a hard one like it's uh you know you've got so many people to try and impress coming from different backgrounds and you've got yep. you've got grandmas and mothers and little kids and uh mate I'd take my hat off to anybody who caters it's just a it's, it's a, a mugs game, game. <laughs> it's a different game man it's a different game let me tell you we it's a, it's a lot of fun i have a lot of fun cooking i have a lot of fun feeding people i love it but it it always hurts when somebody's like you know i think that chicken's undercooked yeah, especially when you hobble around for two days after you finish the catering <laughs> gig, um, and you're like, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure I cooked it to 175 or 180. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. It's um, it's hard because you do. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into catering in a van, and um, you know, we do we do a lot of we do pop up restaurants here. Um, yeah, and and man, we got to the stage where with our pop up restaurants now we pre sell them. Because, oh, that's awesome! 
yeah, so we we sort of got a big enough name here back home where we can we do maybe we do three sittings of seventy platters each, so two hundred platters for the night, which is a huge cook. But we yep. split it over three and we pre-sell it. People buy their tickets, and then if it pours raining, we have a storm. People lose interest on the day. They've still got they've got to come because they've got they've got skin in the game. So um, that's what we do now. That's very hard to do though when you're starting because people don't. They go exactly. I'm, I'm going to pre yeah. What am I going to pre buy to get to someone I don't know? Um, but that's what we've grown to because we had a lot of events where we do a, a do an event at a market or at a, a you know a big festival or whatever, and you'd get a big storm. Everybody would go home and you'd be stuck with ten briskets and twenty pork shoulders and what do you do with that? Um, you know, yeah. You know, I mean, you can you can free, you can cryovac it and freeze it and use it, but it's not like we had a restaurant that was open every day. We probably didn't. We weren't going to cook for another three or four weeks after that. So that's the hard part. Um, Here's the other yeah, thing: yeah, we like, lost a lot of money. Yeah. You gonna, are you going to eat it all? Because I can only <laughs> eat so much brisket. Oh man, like, we eat very little barbecue at home, and um, you know it's a treat if we have it at home now. It, you know, it's it's one of those things where people are like, "Oh, do you eat your own food after you're done cooking?" Usually not, <laughs> um, mainly because I cook so much. You'll have and, a fruit salad. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, dude, I, I cook so much for the catering company and all that stuff. Like, one of our big things is our smoked mac and cheese. People love it. Yeah. I've made so much of it, like, it doesn't make me want to eat mac and cheese. No, it's so rich. It's so rich barbecue. That's the other thing. Like, if you do have it, you'll have a bite of each. Oh, maybe. yeah. Um, just to exactly. make sure you're on point like you always are and you go, yeah, I'm happy with that. And that's pretty much all you'll eat for the whole catering um, yeah. job. Yeah, um, exactly. And then get home and go, I'm absolutely starving. What's you know what's happened here? You know, everyone else got fed, and you just go home exhausted. And that's what it's all about. And it oh, looks yeah. there's a lot of glory associated with watching people cater and do restaurants and pop ups and stuff like that. And um, you get inside the inner sanctum of doing it with somebody and go, oh yeah, it's probably not all it's cracked up to be. It, you know what it is? You're smelling it all day. You're around it all day. It's almost like eating. Yeah. Because you look at yep. you use almost all your senses except for your taste. Like I obviously you still ta- I taste a little bit to make sure I'm on point, but besides the the like the real you know sitting down for a full meal, it just that doesn't happen. Plus you don't no, have time. Absolutely not. Yeah. When we come to the states we do. That's the only time we probably eat proper barbecue when we come to the states. Um you know, because it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a novelty to come and eat like Franklin's brisket yep. or um, you know go to some of the big boys like Louis Meller or you know that sort of yep. stuff. And and to be honest, man, that was what changed our improved our cooking so much. Was a two or three years ago we we went to Texas and we did a tour. We ate barbecue ten times in two days. Um, and what we what we established was that those guys cook with so much love that when we got back, our brisket just went off the chain because we took it from going, oh, let's make some briskets and make a bit of money and what have you, to actually going, you have to put some love into the product that you put in the on the platter or on the plate because if you don't, it shows. And yeah. 
Um, those guys have been doing it since the 50s and 60s and um, four generations of guys doing barbecue. And um, you eat it and you go, that's a different different meat to what I've been cooking back at home. And um, that was like 2015 and we came back home and the next pop-up we did, people were like, geez, you boys have learned. You know, like it's it was good before, but it's really like jumped up a level. Um, you just you start and to we still, care for that meat a little bit differently. Yeah, you treat it differently, and it's never been about profit margin for us and trying to get rich off it. Because anyone who does barbecue, you know, once you put your labour into a catering gig or, or a cook, you, you're virtually breaking even at best. So um, mm. you've got to do it to you know, to enjoy yourself and to put a great product out there. And, um, that's what it is for us anyway. After you, after you cooked for, you know, um, 18 hours. Yeah. <laughs> got exactly. Up, it's got up super early. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got, I got some stuff that we're, we're going to be going to do. We're going to be doing tomorrow. And it's like, I'm thinking about everything I'm cooking tomorrow. Yep. Nothing yeah. like I'm thinking about what people are going to be eating for dinner tomorrow today, and I yeah. know that I'm going to start cooking it soon. And it's it, it's not you know it's just not not one of those things that anyone would think of. No, you know exactly. I mean? It's there's a lot of glory associated with watching the big guys do it and the guys who do a lot of catering and a lot of festivals and restaurants and stuff. And you just go, Oh, I could do that. I cook at one brisket at home. Like my briskets are great. I could do that. Put 10 or 20 of them in a smoker and then try to watch them as well as trying to watch the, you know, you're doing the salads on the side or you're doing the Mac and cheese or the pit beans, or um, you're trying to get the register ready or you're going out to get coin for your float for your, for your, for your register. And, making sure that your FPOS machine's working and it's made it's there's so much else that goes on that the cooking's almost secondary at the end. Well, it, you know, you said it best though when you're like, I cook a good brisket at home. Cool. Mm, mm. Put 10 of them on and watch yeah. all 10. Like, yeah. you know, the people that we, I was discussing this with a buddy of mine today. It's like, man, people that are like, oh, dude, I cook good ribs. My ribs are better. That's awesome. But you cooked two slabs of ribs. I want you to cook 15 or 20. Yeah. And watch yeah. how 15 or 20 all cook. And it's not that not that you can't cook a good rib, but each rib cooks a little differently. So you have to make sure that each rib cooks evenly. Yeah. Time pressure, time pressure is a bitch. Good luck. <laughs> you get unders and overs and – um, no, no time goes quicker in the world than the last two hours before service. And that's what, where we've got to now where, Oh like, God, wish tell the, me about that. I wish, I wish my work day went that quick. Um, but you know, that, that you're serving at six and you get to four o'clock and then all of a sudden it's like, man, it's service already. What's happened? How did that all happen? So, or you know what the worst uh, is? The worst is, is the stall. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the time in the stall, like you could be cooking and you're, you're you know, you're, Everything's going up really, really nice, and everything's going good, and then your brisket stalls or your shoulder stalls, and yep. then you start looking at the yep. time, and you're like, "Am I going to make it? Am I going to make yep. service?" Because that's so the, our last pop. That's the thing. Like when you're in the backyard, it doesn't matter. Service changes. Yeah, yeah. Service time changes. Yep. When I tell somebody I'm starting service at five, I have to start service at five. So we had a seven o'clock sitting. We'd done three sittings at our last pop up, and we had a seven o'clock, and the briskets. We got to five thirty, and the briskets had stalled. 
we just they were they were short of where we wanted them to be. They didn't feel right. Um, more importantly, um, so we ended up. Um, uh, Chris, who was running the pit that day, went out, stood up on the box, and said, "Guys, we're going to push the sitting back a half hour because um, we want to serve you guys what we consider to be the best brisket that we can serve." So we and they and we just said, "Look, guys, have another drink." Got the band on. They played a couple more tunes. And, and that took the pressure off us. But we were just looking at each other going, don't open that pit for 10 minutes. And then it's like what trying to watch a, a jug boil. You're just standing there going, how long's it been? And it was two minutes, three minutes. And, you know, um, they say it never boils if you watch it. <laughs> exactly. And, and and when you're chasing that temp, um, mate, it, it was stressful. But we're at the stage now where people will go, hey, if the boys say that we should wait for an extra half hour, let's do it, let's wait. Where you don't have that liberty is when it's a wedding or something like that where there's speeches and everything's already locked in and you don't have the time to do that. Um um, but they're all the trials and tribulations of if you want to cater barbecue. And, you know, we get emails every day from guys saying, oh, I've done two competitions. I'm actually thinking of starting to cater. And I just go, well, come and cater with us one day and then maybe see if you still want to do it. Because um, <laughs> it is cool. It looks really cool. You get great photos. Everyone says, oh, it looks epic. That's great. Well, you have um, time to take photos? Shit. <clears throat> <I'd>, <laughs> well, someone does. We don't. <laughs> I try. I always have good intentions of taking really sexy photos of all our barbecue, but we end up with uh, people who send us photos in the end. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> that's how it is, man. One of our uh, one of our pop one of our last pop ups that we did. I was like, I was serving, and, and, and we we don't do we don't do ticketed. We we're still just kind of. Some of our events are just served, and then we do beer pairings and stuff like that that get ticketed, but. Yeah. Um, for, for our main pop-ups, usually they're just, you know, we're just out there serving and just kind of slinging barbecue. And we sold out in two hours. We're wow. completely sold out. And one, someone's like, maybe we should post that on the Facebook. I didn't even think about that. Like, mm. like And I'm totally down. I'm, I'm a good social media person. I'm all about it. I'm very much on it usually. And, it, like, at that moment, I just was – so wrapped up in getting, making sure service was done and making sure shit was proper that I didn't even think about that. And they were, yeah, and they, you need that person. <laughs> and they were like, did you take pictures? And I was like, did I, did I look like I had time to take pictures? Yeah. I had gloves on the entire time. I had gloves on the entire time. Yeah. And I'm literally getting tickets thrown at me being like one of everything, one of everything, one of everything, one of mm. everything. Fantastic. Do this, and I and I and yeah. I run the line myself. So yep. when you run the line, so you're yourself, not lifting yet. You're not lifting your head up, Mikey. Pretty much no. off that line the whole entire time. No, it's, let's let's go work. Yeah, and it, it, it's like, is there? You know, I have I'll have like my bottle of water next to me that I'll take a swig of every every thirty you know minutes that I'm praying to God that I I can get a little bit drinking, but yeah. otherwise it, it, otherwise it's just dude, just go. You know, and yep. it's. It doesn't matter. And the sellout's good sometimes if you can post it, you've had a sellout because that, oh, that makes great. people go, oh, look, next time I'm going to be there first. Yeah. Um, and we've had – we had one where we it – it was a really hot day back home here and, and we – it wasn't a pre-sale, so people rocked up. We had probably a quarter of a mile line um, and then we ran out. 
So we had three smokers going and we ran out. And then the next day on social media, we got roasted. Guys, people were like, um, oh, you guys need to uh, do your numbers a bit better next time. And I just contacted them personally and said, it's not a it's, it's not a numbers it's not game. an endless yeah, it's not just popping up off a conveyor belt out of this smoker like that. You do get to the point where there's no more. So like that's um, that meant, dude. That's the thing. It's like, hey, I I uh, I need some more ribs. Fantastic. Give me five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Give me fi- give me fifteen minutes. I'll throw some more on the smoker for you. Really? No, no, no. Yeah. that's not how it works. And for the most part, you're spending the entire service going. How many have we served? How many have we still got to serve? And how much is in that? How much is in that warming box? Like, have we got enough? How big have our serves been? And it still is a bit like that. It's a juggling act, to, especially when you've pre-sold, because yeah. um, you've got to make it go as far as you can go, and you don't want to start to get tight with what you're putting on the. Oh, you yeah. want every platter to look amazing, and um, that's a stress in itself. Um, yeah. Um, so now we we allow like you know, five serves or six serves out of an entire brisket because we want to have it up our sleeves um, towards the end of the cook when things start to get a little tight. You know, your mac and cheese gets tight. You, you know, everything starts to yep. – the numbers get lower and lower and you're trying to, like, stretch. Um, so so it is quite uh, – it, it is quite a stressful event to do. It's a, it's a very weird balancing game though, right? Because at the beginning, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, dude, we have so much. Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. And then like you're in in the weeds halfway and you're like, we don't have any fucking food. I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> and you want to be – you want to give every – yeah, you want to be um, – you want to give everyone a huge feed. That's the main that, thing. That's because, what I try. Yeah, I try keeping my portions very even. Yep, yep. And – um. Yeah, it does. It becomes a balancing act. And that's why when we do barbecue competitions, it's almost like the least stressful thing you can do because you don't, you're not worrying about numbers. You're cooking some stuff and putting it into a box and some judges judge it. So now we're, that's the perspective for us now. We go to a barbecue competition and we sit back and chill for the most part, except yeah. if it's the Royal, of course. But um, because pop-ups are so stressful, um, yeah, everything else seems lesser in comparison. I mean, dude, pop-ups are definitely stressful. I'm, I'm with you on that. We, um, it, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, cool. How much food do I have? Did I undercook? Did I overcook? Um, mm. You never want to really overcook. Um, but at the same time, like when we do a lot of our pop-ups, we fill our smoker with that meat. And if it's something yep. like if it's something like ribs. I'm sorry, I can't. Ribs take up a decent amount of space, and yep. they're they're not a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't you don't get a lot of product necessarily off of a rib. And no, you probably get two serves if you're lucky for uh, you know depending on what you're charging and how it's yeah, structured. Yeah, we, we do half slab, full slab, right? Yeah, and yep. it's just it's just that's just how it is. So you're only getting and you can't so hold them for long either. No, holding ribs is not a. uh, Yeah, not an easy. You can't hold ribs. You can't hold chicken. Um, You know, like that stuff's all really. It's got to be cooked to order, pretty much. Yeah. um, You know, your brisket and beef ribs and and pork shoulder and stuff. You can. um, They hold a little bit better. Yeah, they 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 mellow out a little bit. Yeah, as soon as you slice brisket, it oxidizes. So you're trying to slice it at the last second. Yeah. You know, it's. It's a, it's, she's a, she's a cruel mistress at times. It is. 
Absolutely, <laughs> it is a it is a it is a difficult little breed. Yes, it, it's definitely. Just, it's not the easiest thing to beef and giant. Gee, beef does. I mean, it's just that's what it does. Slice it yep. open. You know, what I mean, slice a steak open. It starts to change. Slice a yep. beef rib open. It starts to change. So trying to hold those things, it's just they're just not easy. No, and you want to exactly. give everyone the freshest shit possible. Yeah, and you can bet the person with the ten, twenty thousand Instagram followers will get the piece and oxidized. And that's, of course, you know, like fuck. <laughs> I've seen photos from our pop-ups and gone. Are you serious? That's the one photo someone got and posted on their Instagram. Like, please. The worst is when you know it, it's, uh, when you get, when you do get photos from friends that are like, look how great this looks, and I'm like, the fucking thing's not in focus. I know, man. Like, what I do you know. mean it looks great? <laughs> What happened? Uh, How drunk were you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. How shaky was that hand? <laughs> but, you know, it it happens and it and um you know, whatever. You know, you you keep yeah. living. Yeah. I, I mean, at I the got- end of the day, at the end of the day, man, it's um a lot of people see the guys who do it a lot and and we're one of the guys who probably do it a lot here in Australia. You've got yeah. the awesome guys at Black Bear Barbecue down in Sydney who do it as well. Great dudes, um, great dudes. You know, they're fantastic mates of ours, but they they see us all do it and they go, "That looks really easy and it looks cool as hell to do it." And they I reckon those guys are making so much money. And that's the perception from the outside and I guess I'm just here to break that perception and say <laughs> I still work a day job, so it's not quite as lucrative as what you might think it is. Oh, but we all think it is, let us tell you. Um, yeah, exactly. There's a I, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow somewhere. You just got to keep going. You got to find that damn rainbow. Yeah, uh, exactly. I know that we um, we, uh, we we got one of the best compliments in our in our catering career the other day, which was, or in my cooking career, I think, uh, which was fantastic. I, um, I catered for a good friend of mine. Uh, it was his son's birthday and he was like, Hey dude, he's like, he's like, my wife's figured it out. So will you cook? And I'm like, what do you mean your wife's figured it out? He's like, I've been cooking for every single like family event. And she realizes that the reason I'm cooking is so that I can stay away from the family. (laughs) And she so she's figured it out and i'm like oh so she figured out that you're out by the cooker so that you don't have to do other shit and she, he's like yep she's dragged him back in so she's like so they had me cook for them and you know it, of course it's a, it's a buddy of mine so i'm like okay I'm, I'm definitely definitely overcooked a little bit um because i was like i want to make sure they have tons of food you know great yeah great whatever so I gave him good food, and he uh, he ended up sending some food home with his son's girlfriend. Right, he sent ribs home. So mind you, these ribs have cooled. Yep, they have been reheated. I don't know how they were reheated, so don't ask me. I have no idea. <laughs> They could have been microwaved for all I know. I hope they yeah, were, yeah. but they could have been. I get a text. Her dad said that they were the best ribs he's ever had in his life. And the dude cooks barbecue. How good's that? Yeah, that's that's what you want to hear. Exactly. Like that's the best, you know, compliment yep. you can get. Yeah, exactly. When it's right. like, well, wait, that- you cook barbecue, you had my reheated barbecue. 
and it's better than anything you've ever had. That's a little crazy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fantastic. It's nice to hear that stuff because it's uh, a, a lot of stuff concentrates on the negative. Um, oh, so yeah. it is, you know, when the you thing that, that keeps us going. Yeah, nice. yeah, it's yeah, it's a thing that keeps you going. I mean, you you see someone's eyes pop out of their head when they have a a mouthful of your brisket at a pop up, and oh. um, you go right, yo, I'm I'm happy to do this again. You know, like that's it as simple it, as it is. It and, makes it all worth it. You know, that's when like people ask, they're like, you know, what makes it worth it? I go, you know, what makes it, makes it worth it is when you tell me that it was great barbecue. Then then the uh, three o'clock wake up time wasn't. It's not as bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, spot it, on there. I won't lie to you. Three o'clock wake up times suck. Yeah, they especially suck. in uh, especially in Chicago. Yeah, when it's three or t- when it's three in the morning, two in the morning, and I'm cooking your lunch, um, and it's freezing outside, it sucks. Yeah. And it's a grind. And that's a thing people don't people don't understand that as well. They don't realize you've been up since three, but you've also spent the last week before that um, planning everything trimming rubbing the night before um and then you do all of service and then everyone goes home and you clean up and pack up and go home it's yeah a, it's a 48 hour day day you know you get a it, everyone goes home and then you you go home and you clean and you yeah. go you know you, yeah. you you go we go back to the kitchen and clean but you know you go back to you go back and you you got to clean out Cambros. You got to clean out all this stuff, and you got to do all this stuff to make sure that it it's ready for the next time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it is. A, there's a lot around it, and that's where the labor comes in. You say, well, if I work out my actual labor from that job, like I probably haven't made that much money out of it. But no, I tend to I tend to ignore the labor side of it. I just close my eyes and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, I just keep going. <laughs> I'm like, well, it had to get yeah. done anyways. Yeah. So what's yeah, the exactly. uh, what's the choice? Yeah, exactly. Or get your family to come and work for you and don't pay them. That's the other thing we tend to do. We've tried. Yeah. They've learned the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we try to get as many of our uh, wives, kids, um, you know, parents to come and help, and um, yeah, underpay them. So I it's like a mafia thing. People. Yeah. You know what I mean. Just, just, just feed people. Yeah, and that's exactly. that's that that's a good one. When you feed them, and you're like, "Hey, you want to eat my food for free?" <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "What?" Because there's no other money. There's no other money coming. Yeah, so I mean, enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, this brisket was so good. Fantastic! It was your paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And then they're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Was it my what?" Yeah. <laughs> You know, we paid you with yeah. that. That's yeah, not what I wanted. Exactly. I wanted money. Yeah. But we paid you. You just hope you're cool enough that people want to come and cook with you for free. That's the that's the name of the game. We get a lot of guys that say, hey, can we just come and help out? We want to do it one day ourselves. And can we come and help out? And that's great. Come and run the pit for us and just put a piece of iron bark on every 45 minutes for us. You can come and do that. And that's so helpful if someone could come and – give you a chop out and do that job for you. Um, and we often get guys who say, yeah, I'll just come and help give you a hand. And then like you say, just feed them and give them a hat and a shirt and off they go when everyone's happy. You know, you know, the funny thing though, um, I've had a couple of people that are like, Oh dude, I want to cook with you. I want to cook with you. And I'm like, Oh, awesome. Cool. What time are you starting that cook? You know, 
Pitt will go on at 3 a.m. Oh, three, huh? I just remembered. Yeah, like I was thinking like I could be there around noon. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they just want the glory cook. Like, see ya pretty much when we're wrapping everything. You ain't going to learn yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. There's four of us in the mafia, so we've learned a way now where two will start the early cook. Um, and then those two will go home and have a bit of a rest, and then the other guys come in and they'll maybe do service, and the other guys have done their job early in the day. Yep. But you don't have – obviously, you don't have that liberty to be able to do that, I but don't. we're lucky that there's four of us. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I hate you right now for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, I understand we are very um, lucky to have that. <laughs> like uh, tomorrow's job, we got, we're, we're doing a pop-up tomorrow, but we also have two catering jobs that we're doing. So, um, wow. I have, I have a runner that we've hired for the day that, uh, will, will go and run and just deliver other stuff. And then yep. I'll just be cooking and, you know, swapping shit and moving it. And that's about yeah. it. Logistical nightmare. It, you know what? It's, I figured it out mostly, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we've, we've incorporated a couple of different sort of uh, things, um, facets into our business as well. So sometimes we'll do a whole cut collect. So we cook all day and then people just come and get it straight off the smoker. So whole brisket, half brisket, rack yep. of beef ribs, pork shoulder, um, and we pre-sell that as well. And that has been super successful for us. That's um, awesome. So people have parties. They might there might be a UFC fight on, or yep. there, there's lots of different things that they may do. And you give them sort of six weeks to work it out, and then your parties um, happen because we're doing a cook. So um, and they'll come and get it. They've got their own slaw and roll, uh, you know, buns and stuff at home that they'll do their their own. So once every few months we'll do that. And man, you don't have service at the end of it. So you just do your cook and you wrap it. And you make sure it's all in butcher's paper and, and they take it home. And, correct. Put a mafia sticker on the top of it like they get their own little mafia package. Yep. Um, and, and off they go home. And the, those ones are super lucrative for us because we actually can make some money because the labor has decreased so much. So, yep. Um, but again, you need to get the pre-sales to do it. So to get the pre-sales, you need you to go to work. The, People are looking at your social media. Like you need to have enough people looking at it that are gonna go get on and buy something. So it's true. Um, all the all the back all the sort of back end stuff and you know paying for advertising on social media and all of that when you do an event. It's um, yep. yeah, man. There's a lot of you're throwing a lot of dice around all the time, as you know. It's always it's always kind of a um, not a guessing game, but it, it's definitely uh, you're rolling the dice. Every time. It's a hope game, I mean? that's for sure. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you want to hope that, you know, the people believe in you as much as you think they do. And yep. um, it's easy for someone to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. 100% I'm going to be there. And they, they say yes to the event on Facebook and then um, yeah. they don't turn up because just something happens on the day. I've done it myself. Um, yeah. Everyone's got the best intentions, but at the last minute that changes. Um, yep. So. And, um, you know, we've been I, very – we've been very uh, – lucky to have have started growing a very good crowd at our pop-ups people are starting yeah. to follow us people are telling their friends about us people are yeah, bringing their flies. friends out which is yeah. great yep 
you need the frequent flyers, man. And um, that's the thing with our rub and source range. Like I went out and, you know, we've got 60 stockers here in Australia and New Zealand um, that sell our stuff. The easiest sale for me was to go out and originally sell them some product. The hardest sale in the world is the second one. And that's the, you know, getting someone to invest enough to go, let's, let's, a, let's sell it out and get our customers buying it, but B, to get them to reorder. Um, and yep. that's like what you say. You've got to get people to come back to your pop-up, so you need to impress. Yep. Um, that's the hardest part of business in any business. Yep. And that, Return and like, patronage. <laughs> and Yeah, absolutely. And like, like you said, though, getting somebody to buy, to, to rebuy, that's one of the hardest yep. things because it's like, did you like it? Did you like it? Did you like it enough for the price that it was sold at? Yeah. Yes, I did. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. And and that's the hardest thing from a business owner's point of view to try to get people to invest and get enough skin in the game with your product that they they when someone comes in to buy a steak into a butcher shop, they say you need this mafia steak out with that steak, and that's what we want people to do. And we've got a few butchers that do that for us. Yeah. That upsell our product and um. That's, That's them investing in you, yeah. um, that they're investing in their own product as well. And then we give that back to them. We'll get on and we'll say, get to this butcher shop because these guys push our product and um, and that that's how it all works. Instead of it's easy to just go and dump a whole heap of product into someone and never go back. That's oh, yeah. easy to do, but you know, that's it's about a relationship and uh, working together and we try to do that with everything we do. We've got ambassadors that we have here in Australia that push our product out on social media. Um, you might have heard of an awesome guy out of uh, Perth in WA called um, Chamberinos. And if you haven't, get on and check this guy out. It's some of the best barbecue, um, best home-cooked barbecue in Australia. That's but awesome. You heard it here. When, yeah, we never put any pressure on him to post anything for us. We give him product when he wants it, and he repays that in spades. He puts posts on and says, hey, I use Mafia Steakout for this. I use this butcher for this. Um, and, man, it's a mutual respect that we have, you know, like that we do that with all the guys that we work with. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, because it's easy, man. It's really, really super easy to endorse someone's product when you don't believe in it. But I think people are starting to catch on that, hey, maybe that guy doesn't believe in that product and it's just all a monetary thing. But, um, you know, you need people to actually want to sell your product, want to eat your product and do it themselves, and then they're going to push it on their own organically. Yes, very, very much. Yeah. Because if they don't push it organically, it's going to look, it's going to look fake. It's oh, not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to give you what you want. People aren't idiots. They know, they know when something's a sponsored post and, um, you know, there's, there's so much of that that goes on that, um, you know, we don't want people to do that with our product. If you don't like it, don't use it. Don't have to post about it. Um, we're, we're okay with that. It's not everything. Everything's not for everybody. But yeah. at the end of the day, if you can get organic growth from your product and your brand, um, you know, the rest will take care of itself. And that's what we try to do is um, we, we're head down, bum up, which is our saying inside the mafia is don't worry about what anyone else is doing if they're copying you or doing this or doing that. Just yeah, head down, bum up, and let's work hard and do our own job. Yeah, that is that is a big thing. I mean, I, I yep. very much agree with you on that. You know, we are – I'm part of the Myron Mixon uh, team and yep. – uh, one of the things that like, you know, they're very cool with all of us 
And it's, you know, none of like, I like the rubs. That's why I'm part of it. I like yeah, it. I exactly. like the product. And I don't yep. like, I'll have people send me stuff, you know, or not send me stuff, but ask me, ask to send me stuff. And they're like, yep. Hey, can we send you this? And you have to promise me a post. Mm. I don't promise you anything. Well, well, no, no, I won't send it if you don't promise it. Well, then don't send it. I say the actual, yeah, I say the absolute opposite to people, Mikey. I say, here's some product, enjoy it, go and enjoy it. I don't expect anything in return for that. Just try it. And if you like it, you're going to say to a couple of your mates, hey, I tried that mafia stuff. It's actually really good. You know what? I don't if expect you like someone- it, you're going to post the hell out of it. If yeah, you- correct. And yeah. And I've always yep. that that's that's how I and I've always said I'm like if I like your product I'll post about it I'll talk I'll talk to people about it I'll do whatever I possibly can about it and it, it, you know like it, they just they they don't get that they don't understand mm. that exactly and, and it's and it is as more than just endorsing other people's products yeah you you can see the guys that believe in what they do um, and what they stand for and um, that that's a massive respect thing for us it's a massive tip yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue um, from all the way over in Australia. I want to – I kind of like closing out the show with this. If you had to go back to the beginning of your barbecue journey and give yourself three tips, what would those three tips be? Um, the, the number one tip, Mikey, is um, is – Use Costco foil, like Kirkland foil. <laughs> I gather you guys have that there. We do, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get in Australia, but we that was the probably the number one thing, man, that, that changed our life was having a foil that you didn't have to wrap a set of ribs like 38 times to use it. Um, probably another one is the resting process and how important um, giving things a good rest is yep. um, when you cook your barbecue. Um, because we are under time pressure with family and stuff at the end of a weekend. And, um, so just make time to, um, to, to give things a rest and, and, and learning fire management. Um, you know, like it took us a long time to learn fire management and that's something at, at our classes that we try to really help people with how to, how to not make a fire smolder, how to do this, how to do that. So, um, fire management, Costco foil and giving your, your meat a rest. They're the three things. Yeah, that sounds fantastic, man. That really does. I, I think those are those are three very very important things that um, people don't don't really think about at the beginning. Yeah, and thanks for having us too, man. We're we're massive followers. We listen to every episode. Oh, um, thank you. We heard Somebody's our boys. Listening. Yeah, we heard our boy Zilla's pit on there on on a few episodes back, and we love him. So um, yeah. just thanks for having us, mate. It's really appreciated. Man, I want to say thank you. If you can do me a favor, tell everyone where they can follow you guys' me, uh, social media and all, all your guys' journeys. Yeah, so you can follow us on, uh, on Instagram at Barbecue Mafia. So jump on there, guys. Um, Facebook, Barbecue Mafia AUS. Um, and and dr- jump on our website and have a look as well, guys. There's some really cool stuff on there. So Yeah, make sure you check out all their um, stuff. Check out the rubs, the sauces. Uh, they have some really cool merchandise. Uh, don't, don't, don't feel shy. Hit that order button. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you in the U S real soon, man, dude. Thank you. That was fantastic. Thank you, man.